0: In the fall of 1874, Father John Baptiste Genin, who had been a missionary among the Teton Sioux for many years decided it was time to build a Catholic church in the city of Bismarck. This came just two years after the city of Bismarck was established in 1872. In addition to working with the Native Americans in this area, Father Genin had also helped build churches out in Minnesota, in Duluth and Moorhead. After learning that a tornado had wrecked a church in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, Father Genin ordered the lumber to be loaded on a train and sent west to Bismarck. And so he did. And when the lumber arrived here in the city of Bismarck in the fall of 1874, Father Gennon, along with Catholics and non-Catholics alike, worked together to build the church, the first Catholic church in the city, which was located in the corner of Main Avenue and Man Street, which is a few blocks west from where we are this morning. That first church was originally known as the Church of the Immaculate Conception, later becoming the Church of St. Mary. That small wooden church on the corner of Mandan and Maine served as the only Catholic church in the city of Bismarck until this parish, this church building you're in now, was built and completed in 1898. During the construction of that small wooden church, Father Gannon himself worked worked long hours wearing his long black traditional cassock in supervising the unskilled labor force building the church. Apparently in those days, priests actually had some skills. (laughs) Not the case anymore. (laughs) That image of our first priest here working alongside the people of his parish is a very inspiring image to me. It's a reminder for all of us that this parish is built on the dedication, the labor, the sacrifice, the generosity, the prayers of our past priests and faithful parishioners. For over 140 years, that dedication and labor, that generosity and sacrifice, those prayers have continued and we carry on that same mission of laboring in the vineyard of the Lord today. I mentioned these various points of our rich history this morning because on this first weekend of October, We have our annual stewardship appeal weekend, as you have in the past. This week in the mail, you'll receive a brochure, all of our families will, that highlights the countless opportunities we have here at St. Mary's to continue the dedicated service that has formed our parish into who we are today. I humbly beg and implore that you fill out and return it to the parish. Even if you've served as a Eucharistic minister or a lector or whatever it may be for decades, we ask that you continue to update this and fill it out because it's always important for us to have updated records. And so it's very simple. You'll see in there a line next to each area of service. Simply write the first name of the person in your household who is volunteering to serve in that particular way. We ask that they be turned in by November 1st. They can be mailed back, put in the collection basket, dropped off at the parish office, bring it to my house. Don't really care. Just find some way to turn it in. We're also excited to be able to announce and continue the fact that you can fill it out online. Just go to our parish website, St. Mary's Parish, excuse me, St. Mary's Bismarck.org, and uh, fill it out online at your convenience. But I do ask all of our parishioners to prayerfully consider how the Lord may be asking you to serve, to put it simply, we need you. And I thank you for your continued service. Also, and maybe more importantly this morning, on this Stewardship Appeal Weekend, I would like to take the opportunity to update all of you on a bit of a parish update. It's my hope and intention in the years to come to offer this annual parish, parish update each year in the first weekend of October coinciding with our Stewardship Appeal weekend. Now some of the numbers I'll share with you this morning can also be found in an insert in this weekend's bulletin, as well as highlighted in my weekly column in the bulletin. I know for many of you, if you're like me, you hear numbers and they go in one ear out the other. It's a lot easier to process them if you see them. And so if some of these numbers get escaped this morning, go back to the bulletin, you'll find them there. So here we go. This past year, we had nearly 56 new parishioners join our parish. As of today, we have 1,273 registered households. We as a parish continue to grow, and I think you've all seen that in the recent years, how exciting that is. We've had 19 weddings, 54 baptisms, 63 first communions, 37 confirmations, and 40 funerals. The average age of our parishioners, believe it or not, is 35 years old. I'm 32 years old. I always knew I was a bit below average. (laughs) And that's proof. Next, I'd like to spend a bit of time this morning updating you on our current financial report as a parish. Let me be clear and blunt. My approach in updating all of you on our current financial status is done in a spirit of honesty, in a spirit of complete transparency, I firmly believe that you, the parishioners here, have a right that you deserve to know where we're at, and I have an obligation to update you where we're at in this important area. First, you'll notice in the bulletin insert that I mentioned, this past fiscal year, 2017 2018, we ran a deficit budget due to a few unexpected expenses. Last year, We were also under what we had budgeted for our anticipated weekly collections, and so both of these factors left us with a deficit budget for 2017-2018. I'm very happy to report that in the first three months of the current fiscal year that we're in, our collections have been above last year's monthly giving when you compare August to August, September to September, and so it's good to see those are up, and so I want to thank you for your continued incredible generosity. It's very encouraging and edifying, and it's good to know that we're off to a good start this year. You'll also notice in the column I wrote, also in the uh, insert, that we have two very significant parish loans from the diocese. Some of you may be aware of these, some of you may not. These loans from the diocese to the parish were for the purchase of the Pizza Hut, which was purchased in March of 2012, $800,000. Although the purchase of the pizza was certainly announced to all of you and you've been aware of that, uh, us acquiring that, based on many questions and comments I've received from parishioners, it does not seem that the financial plan was uh, made abundantly clear to you. And so when we bought that back in March of 2012 for $800,000, uh, we had $200,000 in savings that was used and then we took out a $600,000 loan. And when we owned the building, or since we've owned the building and Pizza Hut was still there, we would use the annual rent that Pizza Hut would pay the parish to pay off um, some of that loan. And so the initial loan was around $600,000. In addition to the Pizza Hut loan that I mentioned, loans were also taken out for the dry cleaners, as well as paying for the demolition of the dry cleaners, the demolition of the apartment on 9th Street, and removing the asbestos from the former convent before it was demolished. And that first loan for the Pete's Hut and the dry cleaners is kind of a combined loan now, and the current amount of it is $482,000. The second loan that we took out this past summer is $65,000, and that was a loan to remove the asbestos from the convent before it was torn down in June. We're also anticipating another major expense Of $167,000 for the demolition of the convent that I mentioned. So when you combine the two loans and when you uh, foresee and include the upcoming expense of paying for the demolition of the convent, we're looking at a grand total of $714,000, three quarters of a million. A couple notes on these loans and expenses. First, the reason that we as a parish are paying for the demolition of the convent is pretty simple. We owned the building. Well, we owned the property. And so since we owned it, Monsignor Lindemann wisely saw us paying for the demolition of the convent as kind of the parish's investment for the addition, even though it was torn down in order to build the addition. And so I hope that makes some sense to us because I think some of us may be saying, well, why are we as a parish paying for that when it's not our problem? Well, we own the building, and like I said, Monsignor Lindeman wisely saw us paying for it as having some skin in the game for the addition. I also wanna mention, just so we're clear, that the $2 million addition of the grade school is being fundraised and managed and essentially paid for by Light of Christ Catholic Schools. But what's interesting is when it's all said and done, who's the owner of that building? We are as a parish. And so even though we're not even paying for it, or fundraising for it, or managing the construction of it, we'll, at the end of the day, own it. And so if you want to imagine it for a second, somebody coming to your house, building it, paying for it, managing it, and then saying, oh, by the way, it's yours. And so I mention that because I want to highlight the wonderful, close-working relationship that we have as a parish with our Light of Christ Catholic schools. One second note on our loans due to current budget restrictions, we have not been able to pay any of the principal on either of our two loans this past fiscal year. We've only been paying the interest. Currently, as you can imagine, both the parish and finance councils are having serious discussions as how to best go forward, but right now, the bottom line number is 714,000. Yesterday, after the 4.30 p.m. mass, a young man greeted me a bit younger than me, and he said, Father, it's gonna be okay. And I looked at him blankly and I said, what are you referring to? And he said, oh, financially, we're going to be okay. I said, oh, I know, I'm not worried. And he said, well, you seem like it. <laughs> and I said, that wasn't the thing to say to me right now. I had to bite my tongue pretty good because I wanted to bite back. If you know me well enough, I like to bite back pretty good. So I didn't say anything to him. He must be from Corpus Christi, I bet. Because <laughs> you would never say that to me. But I am confident that we're going to be okay. I'm not tremendously worried. My point here isn't to show fear or anxiety by no means. My point is to be transparent and I like I said feel like you have the right to know this and so I'm not doing this out of worry. I'm doing this out of my obligation to be forthright with you. The next thing I want to briefly address is the parish center, the former pizza hut. One of the most frequently asked questions I've been asked is what is going to happen to the Pizza Hut? To be short, I don't know. I told both the parish and finance council that I need some time to give this some needed thought and consideration. But I also want to hear from you. I want to make sure that we establish as a parish community, what are our needs? What are our authentic needs for this parish as we continue forward? And for me to immediately decide what we're doing across the street there would be greatly irresponsible to just jump into that without giving it some thought and consideration in hearing from you. And we have significant loans as I mentioned, I'm still new and we're working on establishing what our current needs are. And so here's the immediate concrete plan because I like to live in the concrete. I recently formed an ad hoc building committee to evaluate the current state of our buildings and facilities, the church, the gathering space, our multi-purpose room, the parish centers. Hey, he's got money right there. Look at that, get him. Well done. He knew. I wasn't even asking for money. That's not the point. But like I said, I want to form a committee, form a committee, selling a politician. I want to form a committee to evaluate the church gathering space, multi-purpose room, parish center, the offices we have hooked onto the multi, to the gathering space, as well as the priest residence. And this building committee is made up of experts in the building, mechanical, and electrical fields. I want to make sure that we have no major expenditures coming our way in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Once we've established and evaluated our current buildings, I believe we'll have a much better sense of our long-term vision and be able to make that more informed decision about the Pete's Hut. One final note that sometimes gets uh, mentioned regarding our St. Mary's grade school in light of Christ Catholic schools. The current addition we have going up at the grade school, as you've seen, is proceeding quite nicely and rapidly. It's on schedule to, re- uh, to be finished next fall for the first day of school the fall of 2019. Now one of the advantages of having the addition of the grade school is that the north multipurpose room, which during the week is used by our pre-K classes, will no longer need to use a multipurpose room, which means come the fall of 2019, 2019 next fall a year from now, the entire multipurpose room is the parishes for our use 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I think it's important for us to keep that in mind as we plan for the future to make sure we're considering that. Finally, you'll notice on the annual report that a significant amount of our annual collections are given to indeed help operate our Light of Christ Catholic schools. As some of you may know, how it currently works is Bishop Kagan sets a percentage that is our parish investment to Light of Christ. And that is a percentage selected by Bishop Kagan in consultation with the pastors in the Light of Christ administration that's then applied equally to all five parishes in the city of Bismarck that make up Light of Christ Catholic schools. It was a funding model that was developed about four or five years ago. So the current subsidy for us as a parish and every other parish in the city of Bismarck is 33% of our ordinary income. So basically, to put it simply, 33% 33% of our collections go towards the operations of Light of Christ Catholic Schools. Now, to put that in a bit of perspective for you, just six years ago, the 2011-2012 school year, our parish subsidy at St. Mary's Parish to support Catholic education was 70% of our annual collections. In six years... Since the inception of Light of Christ Catholic Schools and the funding model developed by Bishop Kagan and the pastors, we've gone from 70% of your collections to 33%. It's a lean machine that's doing quite well. And so that then gives us more resources here to do the various needs outside of the important area of Catholic education. Now, I know this all is a lot to take in, but as I mentioned, check out the numbers in the bulletin in case you missed them i want to sincerely thank you for your continued prayers your continued generosity your dedication your support it's been very encouraging and very edifying to see your efforts and your faith have allowed the catholic identity we have here as a parish to continue since that first priest since those first parishioners since that first church building in 1874